Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Airing with my policy of transparency, I've decided to record this episode and just kind of let you know where I'm at. Because if you hadn't noticed, I've taken a few weeks off of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. And I'm normally somebody that shows up regardless of if I want to or not. And I found that what's been happening with me is that I've fallen out of love. And I, I don't know where my lack of love is. And I have become really intentional with my time. This is something that I encourage all my clients to do. Become intentional with your time and energy. And I always thought that I followed that policy. Like I'm very intentional with my time and energy. And then I realized that people were bleeding me of time and energy. Like really hardcore. When I was looking at, you know, the amount of money that I made in 2022, I was like, you know, a lot of this is a bleeding of time and energy into things that I don't love. So I've already kind of started 2023 with, well, first of all, I've started 2023 with a killer month. Like January, I've made more money in a month in January than I've ever made, (laughs) which in a month, which is kind of exciting, right? Like that's exciting. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, look at me, look how great I am. I'm saying that in that in to, to let you know that being intentional with your time and your energy is extremely important. I have kicked some things to the curb that I hated doing. And um, I'm so glad that they're gone. I'm so glad that I don't have to do that bullshit anymore. And now I'm just kind of re-examining where my energy drain still is. I don't think it's the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I don't think that this podcast is the drain of energy. I think it's something else. (laughs) So while I figure that out, I do appreciate you all bearing with me and being here while I navigate where my energy drains are happening. I obviously have showed up today and I'm really excited to reconnect with you. But something that I remain loving more than anything is writing. So if you want to still connect with me and hear from me regularly, but you have not yet subscribed to my emails, please do so. Breakfree.getthefuckoff.com or you can go to getthefuckoff.com and just find one of the gazillion um, links to subscribe to my emails. They're everywhere. Or what else? I don't know. What else can I tell you? They're everywhere. Breakfree.getthefuckoff.com getthefuckoff.com I can put something in the show notes if you would like to leave a tip in the tip jar I'm highly motivated by money there's a link to that in the show notes as well because what the hell right might as well ask closed mouths don't get fed okay so what am I going to talk about in this episode besides monitoring your time and your energy and all of that stuff I would like to talk to you about the concept of proving 
things to yourself as somebody that wants to make change, make transformation. Transformation is the most fucking inspiring thing ever. And yeah, it's sort of inspiring in other people, but we're not really like inspired by other people. What we're really inspired by is the possibility that we can do that thing ourselves. And I would like to tell you, as I talked to my group day one about this, that strategy is only a very small part of making transformation. Most people come into uh, a coaching relationship looking for strategy. A lot of us is like, just tell me what to do, man. Just, just give me the steps. Give me the steps. My typical Western brain just wants the what to do. I promise you that the what to do means the least in everything that you're trying to do. The what, the what to do is the smallest part of it all. It's the smallest part. The strategy is not it. The, the bigger pieces are really your energy and your beliefs. And if you don't believe that something is possible for you, then you're not going to have that happen. Because in terms of the unified field of pure potentiality, which again, I'm speaking really high here, so... You might not know what all that is. You can go and research on your own into quantum physics. You can look at epigenetics. You can, you know, do some Dr. Joe. You can, you know, you can look at uh, some holographic universe. I don't know. What else? What else can you do? All, all of the stuff that talks about beliefs. Um, Wayne Dyer, he does a lot of stuff on this. Your beliefs will determine the direction of your life. You are the creator. Everything is energy. We know everything is energy and you are the creator. So the the more you can prove something to yourself, the better you're going to be at that thing. So how did I first apply this? Well, really, I I applied it in, in my running. And last year, something happened in that it was my first year not having any other job except for working for myself. And it felt really good, by the way, this week when somebody asked me if I was bartending somewhere to be like, no, I I don't work for anyone but myself. How amazing. And uh, last year was a very challenging year, but this year is obviously far easier. And um, I learned a lot last year. You know, I, I made a pact when I started working for myself a couple of years ago Um, even though I had some side income, I was like, all right, how much can you fuck up and how fast? Like a lot of people want to avoid failure. How fast can you fuck up? Like just fuck up over and over and over again. You fuck up, fuck up, fuck up. I I have so many fuck ups. I could tell you fuck up stories for days. One of the things that I did was that I stepped racing because I was like, oh, I I don't, I'm not, I I don't have the, the extra money for that. And I typically don't say that I would like to change anything about my human experience because it's all learning and that was learning and the thing that I learned first and foremost like out of everything I learned last year everything I learned so much about how human beings operate and the psychology of human beings I mean it it blew my mind how much I, the depth that I learned about humans and and I ended up getting very pissed off at a lot of humans but really what who I was just pissed off at was myself the thing that I learned the most is that the the place with your greatest joy should never be put on hiatus like if I could tell you one like award-winning piece of advice and I don't love advice 
but the place of your greatest joy should never be put on hiatus because your entire life will suffer because you will miscreate in your agony and your misery. Like you will find yourself in the when I then AI of, oh, well, I can have something that I love when I, when I do this, then I can do the thing that I love. And then you're going to take yourself out of right now. So what I did was I, I put that on hiatus and I, I, I found myself so upset so many times because I, I mean, one of the memories that I'll just tell you about was my, there was a 5k. Okay. So I really don't like 5k's at all. 5k is, so I, I don't know how many of you guys are runners, but let me just tell you, like a 5k is a popular thing that people know what it is. Um, but a 5k is like the shortest distance really that you're, you know, you could really race, you know, it's 3.1 miles. It's a short distance. So just, just by comparison, a marathon is 26.2 miles. A half marathon is 13.1 miles. A 5k is an, an itty bitty distance, right? It's an itty bitty distance. And a lot of people of, of modest fitness, right? Like people that are just trying to get fit, you know, just trying to work out a little bit. We'll run 5Ks and I think that that's really cool. But somebody like me that runs competitively and runs longer distance, when I run a 5K, I run it for speed. I don't run it for the act of completion, but I run it for speed. It becomes a different sort of running. So when you first start running, like your goal is just, okay, let's just complete this distance. And then it becomes, okay, well, now we have different paces for different distances. So I've got like a 5K pace. I've got a 10K pace. I have a half marathon pace. And then I have a marathon pace. So there was this 5K. 5K would be the fastest that you could possibly like run a distance. And there was going to be this little race. And it was going to be in Pennsylvania and it was to benefit Ukraine because my mother worked with a gentleman from Ukraine. And uh, so he was putting on this race. And I just was so wrapped up in my work and I was so wrapped up in everything that I just didn't, I just, I can't, I can't go to Pennsylvania and run that race. And then the thing what really made me kind of upset about it was that I live in New York City. So most of the races that I run have like 5,000 people in them. And I usually perform really, really well. I usually perform exceptional in my age group and gender. And I thought, you know, if I go to this like little podunk race in Pennsylvania, like I, I might like have the opportunity to place or even win. And I didn't go. And my future sister-in-law ended up getting like some kind of award in this race. And, you know, I, I run faster than she does and I'm older and I was like fuck like why did I not go like and it wasn't a competition with her but it was it was really like hey that could have been me you know like I I could have gone and run the race and had the the accolades and had the thing like I could have fucking won that race like I could have gone and been the fastest freaking woman in that race and I wasn't and this is why I like to say that you know it, it really there really isn't anything that I would change but that was such a powerful lesson for me I was so depressed again celebratory happy that that happened for her like so happy to, about that 
And also like so disappointed in myself, like so angry at myself. Like, why did you not do that? Why did you put your, I ran two races the entire year. I, I typically do the 9 plus 1 program to get guaranteed entry into the New York City Marathon, which will be valid for the following year. So it's now 2023 and I don't have guaranteed entry to the New York City Marathon because last year I didn't do the 9 plus 1 program. Like why, why didn't I do that? Why wasn't that a priority? Like why wasn't that a priority? I, I just put my joy on pause. And because I had so little joy, I was communicating energetically to the universe that life was crap. And because I was communicating life was crap, I was getting a lot of life is crap back, right? Like everything that you put out, you get back. So really putting your joy on hold, it's it's kind of, I kind of grew up with this mindset that when you're in a good place, then you can go and you can do something for yourself. I don't know how I learned that. I think it was demonstrated to me. I think it was demonstrated of, oh, well, when when you do better, then you can have the reward. You know, like when, and I remember this being, this line being repeated to me all the time growing up. Well, sometimes you need to delay gratification. And I am the master of delaying gratification. I'm the master of it. I can delay, I can fucking delay gratification for, as evidenced by 2022, months on end. But when your life, you're just sitting there looking at your life and your life just doesn't have any joy in it. And, you know, you're, I mean, my work gives me joy, but besides my work, oh man, like it was just like, why did I do that? The running is the most important thing. Running is the most important thing. It's more important than absolutely everything. And I made it second to things that were important, but weren't as important as it. Because while I love my work, and I do love my work. And I do get joy out of my work. The thing is, my running is my connection to God, right? And that's something that I don't, I'm not going to budge on. So I started running again this year. I started racing. I've already run two races this year. Uh, I, I've run two races in the month of January, which is the, and and um, more distance than I raced all last year. Last year I raced a 10 miler and I raced a, I don't remember what the pride run was. It used to be a five-mile race. I don't know if it was five miles this year. It might have been a 6K. I don't know. They changed it with COVID. But it always was five miles. So I'm going to say it was five miles, even though it might not have been. And, um, yeah. So I, I raced last year 15 miles. And I've already raced over 18 miles this year. Just in the first couple of weeks of January. And my 10K race and my half marathon race that I ran this month were both PRs. This half marathon that I actually ran this past weekend was a very difficult course. It's more difficult than any half marathon course that I've ever run because it's, and it's boring. It's boring as hell, right? It's just like two loops plus an additional Harlem Hill in Central Park. And you have to run it smart. And it is not easy. It usually snows or rains, but this year it didn't, thank God. And I had like a two-minute PR. Like my average pace was like 8.05. Well, it technically was 8.02, but because I ran more distance than 13.1, it ended up being like 8.05 or 8.06. That's a pretty fast half, like a, like a, a one-hour, 46-minute and 10-second half marathon is a pretty fast half marathon for a 37-year-old woman who smoked for 18 years. And what I want to tell you all is that 
the importance, and this is not a podcast about running, but what I want to tell you about the importance for me of racing is that it's proving to myself that I can do it and channeling and anchoring to the feelings because we know, and again, I've given a lot of reading for you guys to do and if you don't have the reading or you don't remember the reading from previous podcast episodes, you can just go to my website, getthefuckoff.com, and in the navigation, I have a link to recommended reading for day one. That's the books that I recommend all the day one members read. And you'll be able to find some stuff there that will, you know, give a more comprehensive overview of how this all works. But really, Wayne Dyer's The Power of Intention is a good place to start. And you can find a link to that free on YouTube. And like the audiobook of it, it's like four hours and you can listen to it free on YouTube if you're looking for some further exploration. But we're really creating our reality, our reality with our, our energy and our, our thoughts and like tapping into the, the power of intention and, and tapping into pure potentiality. Um, I think the first time I ever heard the, the words pure potentiality in the unified field uh, talked about were I don't know if it was Joe Dispenza or Deepak Chopra it was one of them I mean like this is pure potential there's pure infinite potential in the universe but it all is determinant on how you feel so if you're spending a year of your life feeling really contracted and really like stiff and and you're not feeling abundant and you're not feeling like you're able that is going to be reflected back to you so one of the, the ways that I improve in my running, I don't follow like a, a training plan. You know, like I, I consistently, my running performance increases constantly. Like I fully intend to qualify for Boston this year. Even if I don't, I'm still going to say that I intend to do it. If I could keep that half marathon pace that I just ran this past weekend as my marathon pace, I will qualify for Boston this year. One million percent. I think that... Nine months is a perfect amount of time to be able to train myself to be able to do that. Being that I do zero speed work now, I think that even just adding a slight rigor of speed work will really set me up for success in that. But I know, like, I weigh like 140 pounds, guys. Like, I'm not a a small woman. Like, I, I, I race past tiny little women when I'm running. I know that running performance has everything to do with soul as much as it does science. And what you believe about yourself in terms of your capabilities helps you pull forward to achieve greater. And I had Sabrina Stanley on this podcast and she talked about her journey. I highly encourage you guys to go and listen to the podcast with Sabrina Stanley because Sabrina is the human that basically said to me, if another human being can do it, so can I. And she she sees that. And now she's very like intrinsically motivated. She's like, I believe I can do this and I'm going to do it. And that's sort of how I approach things. And I approached it that way with my body and I approached it that way with business. And particularly with running, I see the most um, increase in my performance, not in following a training plan, but just racing regularly. Because every time I race and every time I even beat my last time by like two minutes, I'm like, okay, I know that it's possible that I could do this in this time, which means that I can do greater. Like I know. And then if you just keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, 
you're going to continue to get accelerating returns. It's so important for you to prove things to yourself. I don't care what you're trying to do. I don't care if it's like lose 10 pounds. You know what? Lose 10 pounds. For some of you, that might be a big deal. Why don't you prove to yourself that you can lose one pound? If you can lose one pound, then guess what? You can lose another one. You can lose another one. You can lose another one. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be something that is what you've always done. Because I think that what happens with a lot of people is that they try to do the same thing that they've always done. So people that will be like trying to lose weight will be like, oh, it's terrible. I got to like eat less. It's like maybe you just need to eat more of like different shit. You know, like the restrictive mindset doesn't seem to ever work for any of us. I don't know. I mean, what do I know? I'm not certified in that. I just have results. But prove it to yourself. Show up and prove it to yourself. And then prove it to yourself again. If you can make $100, you can make $500. If you can make $500, you can make $5,000. Yes, in one shot. You can make, why not? You can make $5,000, you can make $50,000. There's no limit to it. The only thing is, is that for us to get more of the same thing, we have to understand and know in our bodies what it feels like to do that thing. And what we tend to do is we tend to repeat the same shit over and over instead of proving to ourselves over and over that we can have different. I mean, I watch people all the time fucking show up immediately with the excuse as to why they're different. And this is something that I wanted to address on this podcast because I've been seeing it in my work a lot recently. And I had forgotten about this. But when I first got sober a couple of years ago, my friend Elliot was really my first mentor in sobriety he was going to AA and you know I never went to meetings but he brought to me a lot of the terminology that had been used in AA and one of the things that I really loved and I've talked about it on this podcast before is this concept of terminal uniqueness and what terminal uniqueness is, is it's when somebody uh, has, you know, an addiction, let's just say to alcohol, and they, they think they're somehow different than every single other person that has this. Their circumstances are like so much different than everyone else's and that's why I can't stop doing it. And it's like, uh, we all had that thought, baby. Like every single one of us, myself included. I mean, I was so different. After all, I was the most brilliant human being in the world. How could anyone know what it is like to live inside of my head? Until I realized that I was the same as everyone else. And I always thought that that would be scary to be the same as everybody else. And then I realized I'm actually quite comforted by it. Because now that I know that I'm the same... And I know that people achieve great things and people do find freedom from so much. I know that I can have it too. And because I know that, it inspires me. Like I I really don't relate to this concept of things being hard to look at. Once I was given the gift and it was Andy that gave me that gift and that's why You know, I know like some people in my life really don't get it, but I, and I know by this point in my journey that it was me and that it wasn't him because I had, you know, really just chosen him. But he allowed me to see myself in a way that I didn't see before. And when I saw it, I was so angry. 
I didn't know who I was angry at. I thought I was angry at him. But I also knew that he was the most special human. And I knew that I couldn't be angry at him. Because I knew that if I were to be angry at him and lash out at him and scream at him or say nasty things like, how dare you, you don't know me, whatever. I, I knew that I'd lose that connection. And it was a connection that I had wanted for so long that I thought, well, he has everything that I desire to have. And ultimately, even the things that he has aren't, you know, he has shit that I don't desire to have. You know, like I don't desire to have half the shit that he has. But he exemplified in his being who I wanted to be. He was somebody of integrity. He was somebody that had his shit together. He was somebody that exhibited compassion and strength and love. And he came, he brought to the world just this place that that was just so fucking beautiful and heart-centered. And I was so heady. Like I was so fucking intellectual and, and angry at everyone. Everybody, everybody was just so shitty and, and I was angry. And... um he just let me see myself in this profound way. And once I started to see myself and realized that I wasn't that special, I was just like everybody else, which Martin actually says, um, <laughs> Martin always says, I, when I learned I was special, just like everybody else, that was when I was like, oh, wow, the world is just so beautiful and I can just do anything with it. This is like a ball of clay and I can just, I can mold it. And one of the concepts that Andy, like wanting to go back to what I started talking in the beginning of the podcast about is joy. And that was something that he talked about. And I was in a place where when we first started to know one another, it was right before COVID. And when COVID happened, I was just already in a place of joy because I didn't have to go back to that terrible restaurant. And I just sat and played with joy. I didn't really think about anything other than joy. And I saw the most exponential growth in my life during that time because of that joy. And then as business became something that was more serious, it became an an occupation rather than just a really good hobby. Like a serious occupation. Like I'm doing serious work with serious people with some heavy stuff. And now I've got some serious training and I've got some serious – and when it became like serious, serious – I all of a sudden started putting that before my own joy. And I had forgotten how much being in joy and proving to myself were important. Like having joy is important and being able to impress myself was important. I used to think back in the day that it was about impressing my mother or impressing my stepfather or impressing my professors impressing my friends and sure it's nice when somebody like tells you great job you look great you know whatever like that's nice sure that's nice I'm not gonna say that isn't nice and I'm not gonna say that I don't receive those things but when you can impress the fuck out of yourself that is a whole other ball game and when you can prove to yourself that you can do something that you never thought in a million years that you could do that is 
totally something else. And I, I had allowed that to go away. You know, I'd, I'd allowed that to go away. And um, I'm grateful that it's back. I'm grateful that I've allowed myself to kind of come to my senses in that if something doesn't bring me joy, I'm not going to do it. And I, I've really enjoyed the uh, 27 and a half minutes that I've been talking to you all. So my guess is that the podcast actually does bring me joy and the joy suck is probably in another area. TBD. <laughs> you know, sometimes... I would love to encourage you all to view your lives as the great experiment. This isn't something that you can fuck up. Just fuck up faster. Just fuck up everything. Just get out there and fuck up. If you want to do something, just just fuck up. Fuck up. Fuck up. And be mindful and be present. Be present to what is. You know, Jill and I, Jill Anderson and I, a couple of episodes ago, talked about the experience that you're having is the experience. You might not be a spiritual person. I am. It does make life easier. I know a lot of people get weird about that because they were raised with religion. So a lot of times religion is the thing that we don't want to touch, right? I talked about the Jim Gaffigan praying in church. Can you do that outside? Religion is the thing they want to get away from. But spirituality is usually not the thing people want to get away from. Because it's, it's nothing. There's no rules to spirituality. It's just a really good feeling that you have inside of, you, of yourself that you know what it is. You've had it since you were like three and, and you're just really happy and it's just wonderful and everything is bliss and... You know, maybe you forgot about that. But if you're a spiritual person and you've come to this world, you agreed to forget. You agreed to come here to have the human experience. And every part of the human experience is blissful. You know, on my way up to, somebody somebody asked me recently about, like, well, what is the result of this race? Like, the, re- the race that I ran this past weekend, the half marathon. I got PR by two minutes. Like, what's the result? Well, there... Well, who cares? It's that that wasn't the point, you know. Like the point isn't to get somewhere. I've talked about this in one of my emails about how you don't. People will often train for half marathons or even full marathons, and they'll do it because they want an end point. They think, oh, I, I'm going to do it and get the accomplishment, and you get the accomplishment, and then what's left? Like, oh, well, all right, I did that. The joy is really in the steps that you take every day. That's the joy. The race is just like a fun added bonus. It's like, oh, I got a maraschino cherry on my Sunday this time. Cool beans. There is nothing to get. There's nothing in life to get. You're not getting anything. There's nowhere to go. It's about the experience. It's about the presence. And uh, for me, you know, just getting on the train. Like getting on the train the morning of a race and you leave your apartment and it's dark outside and there's nobody in the streets. And, you, you know, that I, I feel like, oh, God, I'm on the fucking dark ass New York City streets. There's no one out here. Then you get on the train and there's other runners and you're all kind of just sitting there. And, you know, the the train is you're, the, the last race that I ran is 103rd Street. Actually, the one before that was on 103rd as well. So you're on the train going up to 103rd. And you're just there and there's other people there and it's cold and you're wearing all these clothes and you're like, you know that you're going to get to the park and have to take off the clothes and, you know, put it in the bag check. And 
You know, this past time on my way up, I had chosen to eat this hyper, like this, there's this uh, Middle Eastern food place that I eat at a lot. And they have this fermented hot sauce. And if you worked in a restaurant, you know what a ramekin is? It's like a little souffle cup with a lid that puts off, like a one and a half ounce souffle cup with a lid. Well, this hot sauce is so hot and the fermentation is so aggressive that the that the hot sauces explode I've actually had one just like explode as I've touched it to take it out of the bag so I made the good choice of the night before my race eating my typical food with not one but two servings of that hot sauce they had to get these like industrial ramekins with like these lids that are hyper aggressive to keep it closed so it's not exploding everywhere and I ate two of those and on the train up to Central Park about 42nd Street I gotta go up to 103rd 42nd Street I'm like oh god like I have to poop so bad like this is gonna leave my body like I I'm gonna shit myself (laughs) and this is New York City at six something in the morning like there are no public restrooms there is nowhere for you to go to to poop like it's not it's not a thing I'm like, all right, I'm going to get all the way up to 103rd. So by the time I'm like at like 96th, I'm talking to myself. I'm writing in my iPhone notes. I'm like, the experience you're having is the experience. The experience you're having is the experience. The experience you're having is the experience. And I had to talk to myself the entire walk off the train. You know, you get off the train and you're with like a zillion other runners. And then you're walking in a herd to Central Park. And I'm like, I got to get it in the front of the herd. Oh, my God. And then like you're getting into the park. And then the porta potties are there. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I get into this dark-ass port-a-potty to have this explosive poop. Martin calls. I'm like, I'm pooping. Call you back. And in that whole experience, like, that whole thing, was that negative? Like, was it supposed to be another way? No. The experience that I was having was the experience. I can look back on that and... and and say that was the experience. And then when that was over, I felt like I was on top of the world. I was like, well, that was the mental tenacity of the day. Harlem Hill three times. That's going to be just fine. And, you know, standing in the corrals and talking to somebody, um, a guy named Chris from Brooklyn. And he was talking about running in Prospect Park. And I was talking about running by the East River. And we were having, like, nice chats. And just doing that terrible course I mean it was so boring and so crap I had I didn't bring any gels because I don't train with gels and then they were like there's gonna be a gel station and I'm like what a treat and then like you know get the gel at mile eight and it's cold and you're like slopping it down with some Gatorade that was the experience there was nowhere to go like honestly like you cross the finish line you cry a couple of tears they hand you a medal they gave me a nice little poncho and they, they, I went home and I ate a bacon, egg, and cheese. That was the experience. There was nowhere to get to. There was nowhere to go. It was the experience. The experience of then. As I'm having the experience of now. Telling you that story. There's nowhere to go. And um, I think really everybody that, you know, in terms of joy. Because my, my theme this year is really to return to joy. And, I, and I'm rewarded handsomely. You know, financially and otherwise, when I am in my highest place of joy. Because that's when I can serve people at the highest capacity. This year, I'm really focusing on what brings me joy 
and what doesn't. And as I said, you know, I obviously get joy doing this podcast because I've been talking to you for 35 minutes. I get joy out of doing this podcast. And I also get joy out of talking really, like at a really high level. And I think my first year of business, I tried to say things that I thought people wanted to hear. And now I say things that I want to say. And I want to teach at a high level. And in this year, I'm only going to function at that level. So if you don't function at that level, you're probably going to fall out of my orbit. And that's something that I'm really okay with. Um, I don't know the frequency which which I'm going to keep this up. You know, I, I don't love to repeat myself. I do repeat myself for the sake of informational purposes. But I don't love to do it. So I'm probably not going to favor frequency with repetition. I might be back next week. I might not. Next week I'm, I'm headed out of town. And uh, I'll be back after that. But if you want to stay in touch with me and if you're interested in doing some deeper exploration with a human that does constant, uncomfortable inner work, you know, get on my email list, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. Visit me on my website. Read some of my writing. Um, it's powerful to be in an orbit with me. Day one's going to be reopening in late March. So it's about two months from now. So if you are interested in what that looks like, the page for day one is live still on my website. You can just go and peruse the page that I have there so you can read like testimonials from some of my members. Right now the day one course is in progress and I'm getting some feedback from that. So I'm going to, uh, when everybody finishes the course, I'm going to collect the feedback. I'm going to make changes. And then when I reopen, um, depending on how I feel, I might uh, reopen with the course being available to purchase separate from the community. But I really do think that courses without community are useless because, you know, not everybody has the drive. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. Not everybody has the drive that I do. And that's why online course completion rates are like 2%. So if you really want change, you're going to want to be in the community. But I understand that people also want to just have shit on their computers. I certainly do. So I'm not going to deprive people of being able to have access to my brain in that way if you don't want to be with a bunch of other people. So we'll see how that all pans out. But that's going to be in two months from now. I'm starting to talk about it now. Put the the, uh, the bug in your ear. You can visit that page on my website. And if you want to go to day1.getthefuckoff.com, you can uh, subscribe to the wait list so that you'll get specific tailored content to day one when uh, about the reopening and how it's going to look and read all the the reviews and all that good stuff so I've missed you guys it's good to be back I am favoring my joy and um, hopefully I'll be back I probably won't be back next week again because I'm out of town but the week after possibly I will be back with another episode so Definitely reach out to me via email if you need anything in the meantime. Take care of yourselves. I love you guys. Thanks for coming back, listening. I'll see you next time. Stay beautiful, everybody.